Hello and welcome to Unbreak My Heart, a podcast designed to help you glue your heart back together after a breakup. I'm Tess, I'm not a relationship expert, but I am an expert in getting my heart broken and I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about how to get through it. Uh, I'm guessing you found your way to this podcast because you've just been dumped or you've recently broken up with someone and me too. So why don't we see if we can get through the shitstorm of emotions together and come out of the other side healthier and happier and without looking like a twat. In this episode, we're going to talk about feelings. So physical, mental, emotional, basically all the feelings and how important it is to feel them. Uh, So let's start at the beginning. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry that you're brokenhearted and how much this sucks. I'm sorry that you're alone again. I'm sorry that you're sad. I'm sorry you're in pain and probably like crying and feeling like shit. And I'm sorry that your heart hurts both emotionally and actually probably physically too. Uh, Here's a fun fact for you. Studies have shown that the emotional pain of a breakup and physical pain, so like breaking your arm and being dumped um they both activate the same part of your brain and share the same neural pathways which is mental so yeah arm breaking being dumped causes the same symptoms of pain in your brain and it actually really does hurt doesn't it and i guess i've been trying to figure out why and how it works so i've done some research and when i say research i mean i just googled some stuff and I found out these things and bear with me because it's quite sciencey, but it's also helpful to know what's happening to your body right now, I think. So when you're in love, your brain releases all the best happy hormones like dopamine and oxytocin and you feel really amazing. But when someone breaks up with you, the supply of those good hormones just goes and instead your brain releases stress hormones like cortisol instead. So when you're in the middle of a breakup, the stress hormones are building up and you start to feel all these physical symptoms. So when you've got people saying to you, you know, like, oh, it's not so bad, you just get over it, blah, blah, blah. It's way harder than that because you've actually got physical stuff going on as well as the emotional stuff. So too much cortisol sends way too much blood to your major muscle groups. And these kind of tense up in response to what would usually be a fight or flight feeling. But your body doesn't have a chance to use that energy up. So instead, your muscles just swell up and you get headaches and a sore neck. And that really kind of horrible feeling like when your chest is being squeezed by a giant. Um, Cortisol also diverts blood away from your digestive system. So, you know, when you're really upset and your stomach just feels really bad. Uh, you get kind of cramps or you know you need to go to the loo all the time or you just have a complete loss of appetite that's basically cortisol doing that to you Um, when your stress hormones are out of control that's going to affect your immune system as well so it's like your immune system can't keep up and that leaves you vulnerable to catching things so I think loads of people end up getting a cold when they've just broken up with someone a couple of years ago I actually got pneumonia after I broke up with someone which was pretty intense and not nice but that's why it's it's your immune system being unable to cope once your stress hormones are out of control um and then also this steady release of cortisol into your body and into your blood 
is causing sleep problems and you're already going to have sleep problems because you're so unhappy but this is like an extra dose of a reason for having the sleep problems which is so annoying but what's really good to know is that although all of this feels like it's never going to end eventually your body chemistry gets back on track and these physical symptoms get better Do you feel like a small, lost, angry, sad three-year-old right now? And have you spent the last few hours or days crawling around your house crying and wiping snot on everything? Probably. And, you know, you're not alone. This is okay. Actually, it's more than okay. It's healthy. And please do as much of this as is possible. Um, so what more science, but it's good science and it's really good and interesting to find all this stuff out. But basically, research has shown how important and healing crying can be. So tears have been found to contain high levels of stress hormones and other toxins. So basically, by crying, you're helping to release those toxins and detox your body, which I think you'll agree is a healthier way to detox than like doing that Beyonce maple syrup and cayenne pepper diet. Um Although maybe that might be quite fun. I don't know. Maybe you'd rather cry. I'm not sure. Uh, Crying helps you to relieve tension in your body and activates the parasympathetic nervous system. And this is what you need to help you rest and digest and kind of be a regular balanced person. But it might take you a while. So you need to cry for at least several minutes at a time, which I don't think is hard. Well, I don't find it hard anyway. (laughs) Crying for a while also releases oxytocin and endorphins. And those are the same chemicals that you used to get from love before you were cruelly dumped by your ex. So these chemicals help to ease emotional pain, which is kind of ironic. So they give you the love. They also ease the pain, which is a good thing, I guess. So once the endorphins are released, your body might feel a bit numb, which is always nice. I love having a numb body and oxytocin can give you a sense of calm or well-being. Also proper sobbing like Claire Danes at the end of Romeo and Juliet just before she shoots herself in the head like that level of sobbing um, can actually lift your spirits. So when you sob you breathe really quickly and you take in cool air and according to the internet breathing in cool air helps you regulate and lower the temperature of your brain and I really like this bit so basically when you're regulating the temperature of your brain a cool brain is nicer for your body and mind than a warm brain (laughs) I don't know why that's funny but it is and as a result your mood can pick up after a sobbing episode so I think you should probably watch as many sad films in a row as you can and maybe have like a Ryan Gosling marathon and watch like the notebook first and feel sad about how sad it is and then crazy stupid love and feel sad about uh how you're never going to be lifted up by ryan gosling in a dirty dancing style and uh then watch the big short and cry about all those greedy bankers that caused the last financial crisis because that sounds like a fun filled day doesn't it (laughs) And then you can listen to the saddest music you can find and you can sing along until you can't sing anymore because you're crying too much. Um, And I'd recommend Unfuck the World by Angel Olsen, which makes you feel everything at once. And The Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore by Cher because it's probably the 
best breakup song ever it's such a banger and it's also saying everything that you'll be thinking right now it's so tempting to self-destruct and turn to whatever vice will give you some relief but that relief is just always going to be temporary and at some point you're going to have to deal with feeling the feelings and yeah you could get drunk in the morning and then stay drunk for the day or eat like 50 mini rolls in a row or have sex with a stranger um although I wouldn't recommend that one. Um, But none of those are healthy solutions to your problem, and they're going to leave you feeling even more shit than you already do right now. Uh, Being really drunk in a bar with loads of young people in Peckham and, like, rapping along to Cardi B and kissing a 25-year-old poetry student might feel good in the moment, but the next morning when you're vomiting up Uh, two bottles of white wine and you're looking at all of the terrible Instagram stories that you put out and you're wanting to die you're definitely going to wish that you stayed at home and watched those Ryan Gosling films and had a cry instead and people often say just distract yourself and you're going to feel better um fill your time so you don't get a chance to think but at some stage you're going to stop doing things and the thinking's going to start and it's so much better to be going through all the emotions right now when people will be expecting you to be upset rather than like a few months down the line when you really should be over it by now but it's only just hitting you. You honestly have to allow yourself to feel this awful, terrible feeling and there's just no way around it. You've got no other choice than to just feel fucking awful for as long as it takes. So you have to put down the mini rolls and put down the wine and put down the stranger. And it totally sucks, but you've just got to feel it. When we've been rejected in some way, our minds can tell us the most awful stories. So it's like our deepest, darkest fears show up and they make us feel way worse than we already do. And right when all we need is kindness, our own brains turn into mean girls. I definitely have a habit of just kind of telling myself the most awful version of my future. So I'll be like, I don't know, you're going to be alone forever in some kind of childless spinster who hoards chickpeas and um, (laughs) wears odd shoes and scares children with my chin hairs and leaves like KY jelly instructions in large romance novels at the library. Uh, but that's not actually true. <laughs> like, there's a really bright future out there for all of us. Um, it, this is just our mind kind of coming up with the worst possible scenario. The only thing you can really do right now is be kind to yourself. And one of the main things to remember is that you control your thoughts, not the other way around. So whatever you're thinking, you can switch up on that and change it. You can be like, hang on, no, I'm not I'm not going to think that right now, brain. So will you just be quiet and then instead think of something nice? Um, Imagine how you'd treat your best friend if they were in your situation. You'd be really kind to them and you'd support them and you'd shower them with love and care. Um, And you need to be your own best friend right now. So you've got to talk to yourself in a loving way and be kind. And one of the things that I do really often actually is like mirror talk. And it, it sounds a bit crazy you might feel awkward doing it at first but if you just sit in front of the mirror and you just talk to yourself and you say the nicest things you can possibly think of to yourself it's a bit like someone else is saying it rather than you so you can be saying 
oh, you're so beautiful and you're so kind and you're so loving and you're so generous and all these nice things. And at first you might not really believe it, but you're saying it often enough that it's going to kind of sink in somehow. Um, Positive self-talk and being able to self-soothe is just such an amazing skill to master. And it might feel weird at first to be talking aloud to yourself, but to be honest, you've just been dumped, so chances are no one's actually going to be around to hear it anyway. (laughs) So you can say things like, I know you feel so shit right now, but everything's going to be okay, and this feeling isn't going to last forever, and this pain is only temporary. And yeah, it probably doesn't feel like these things are true when you're saying them, but they are, and you really won't feel this way forever, and this really is temporary. You've got to be easy and kind and compassionate with yourself. And maybe you find it quite hard to be kind to yourself. Maybe you've got kind of low self-esteem or a lack of self-worth or it just doesn't come naturally to be able to be that way with yourself but there's quite a good technique if you kind of imagine your inner child so have you got a photo of you at a really cute age like two or three if there's a picture of you just looking like such a sweet little darling like get it out have a look at it You would never say these unkind thoughts to that child. Like, you would never say this shit to them. But that kid is you. Like, you still have that person inside of you. So when you're saying mean things to yourself, you're saying mean things to that little three-year-old you. Um, So that's a really helpful thing to think of. Just like, no, I'm not going to be mean to that child. I'm going to be nice to her. And in turn, you're going to be nice to yourself. It's tempting to stuff your feelings down and ignore them and pretend that they don't exist and build up like a crazy wall of resistance of like, no, I do not feel feelings. But when you avoid your emotions, you actually make them way stronger. Um, So ignoring and not processing your emotions puts extra physical stress on your body and it causes things like IBS um, and ulcers. And it can lead to another rise in cortisol, our old friend cortisol. Um, So that lowers your immune system, as we've discussed, and does all these other bad things. But it also increases the chance of developing anxiety and depression. And basically, cortisol is not fun and is not our friend. And if you don't allow yourself to feel your feelings, you can become disconnected from yourself and others. And actually, that makes you feel way more isolated than you already do in your weird heartbroken state and it feels wrong and weird to allow yourself to like wallow and get all eeyore in your sad feelings like why would you want to be focused on focusing on feeling bad you know you could be doing whatever you can to make yourself feel happy but if you lean into the emotion and you let it sort of wash over you for a while you'll actually find you get to this center of the sadness and you reach a kind of calm peak level of sad and once you stop fighting the feeling you might find that you actually feel a little bit better like by just allowing it you release some of it and maybe you're not very good at getting in touch with your feelings or you don't know how personally I went through a pretty intense and unhealthy relationship for a very large part of my 20s and a way of coping with that relationship was just to shut down most of my emotions and my feelings and my instinct and my inner guidance and I just had to exist on this really surface level of survival 
But the last three, few years, maybe three years, I've been gradually learning how to listen to myself and feel things again. And I don't feel numb anymore, which is really nice. Um, and one of the things, aside from loads of therapy and watching loads of YouTube, um, that I do to get in with my feelings is I write loads. So I always start with this question of how am I feeling right now? And there's no right or wrong answer. And by writing whatever comes to mind, personally, I instantly feel a little bit calmer and more in control. And like I have a handle on my thoughts and emotions rather than the other way around. And no one's going to read that, you know, no one's going to judge you for your feelings. It's just you writing it and, and kind of feeling your way inside. When you're taking the time to feel your feelings, you've also got to take notice of like what your body wants and needs right now. Um, emotional pain and heartbreak and all the stuff you're going through is super exhausting. So it's really important to get enough rest and sleep. And you might find it hard to sleep. I definitely do. My mind is like so full of stuff and the pain kind of overrides my usual level of sleepiness because actually I can usually sleep at any time, anywhere. So this time, this most recent breakup, I actually took sleeping pills for the first two weeks. Um, and I'm just going to say I don't recommend that at all. Like maybe the first night, maybe the second, but not two weeks. So I was feeling way better. So I came off them. Um, and then I had the most intense nightmares of my life for three nights in a row. And I woke up screaming and basically all my deepest fears about not being able to trust men and the fear of being abused again and like vulnerable to abusive men and my fears of not being able to protect myself came to the surface it was like I'd lost this person who somehow I'd put this image of him as like a protector and without even realizing it um in my mind and then he'd gone so I'd lost that protection and my psyche just brought up all of this crazy stuff and it was definitely a kind of side effect of the sleeping pills that kind of caused that I was actually really scared to go to sleep and it really affected my mood during the day it was like I'd been doing so well and then it set me back really badly on the progress I'd been making because um, I just was like, ah, I'm not sleeping and I feel so low. And luckily my sister was staying and she woke me up and she like rocked me back to sleep loads. Um, but since then I've been taking a way more natural approach to sleep. So like having a nighttime tea and pouring lavender oil like all over my bed and taking some calms and having a bath and that like totally works. Basically, I'm trying to say, try and get as much sleep as possible, as often as possible. It's really healing. And while you're asleep, your brain's processing memories and emotions. And it's actually helping you to deal with your day-to-day -day reality. Uh, and another bonus is while you're asleep, you forget what's happened. Um, although you remember when you woke up. But, you know, while you're asleep, it's lovely. <laughs> Getting used to sleeping alone at first is really hard. Um... Uh, but eventually you're going to come to really enjoy being able to like stretch out in the bed and just like fart and look at your phone and like be as kind of loud and move around as much as you want. Um, but at the moment you're probably really missing those like nice hugs that happen naturally in the morning when you're falling asleep at night and just, you know, those lovely moments like throughout the night where you just like roll over and your person's there. Um, after the longest 
and most horrible relationship that I've ever been in ended. It was such a shock to like wake up alone those first few mornings. Um, I'd basically lain in bed with somebody for nearly eight years. It was crazy. And also, no matter how awful awful things were between me and that ex, we'd always have the best hugs in the morning. And I remember this complete loss at not being able to be spooned before work anymore. Uh, So I sort of bundled together this human shape made out of like a hot water bottle and a soft blanket and a cushion that was like a weird bed scarecrow. And I hugged that while I fell asleep. And that sounds mental, but it was only temporary. And pretty soon you just get used to sleeping alone again and you don't need that comfort anymore. So, yeah. You need to do whatever you can to make sleep come as easily as possible. And there's nothing like getting a nice seven to eight hour stretch of unconsciousness and oblivion without taking any drugs or drinking loads. And that's going to make you feel better. And you'll wake up feeling way more able to cope with the next fun day of heartbreak, I promise. Please make sure you're eating. And I am so shit at this, so I need to take this advice as well. Um... Maybe you only want to eat ready reckon crumpets, or maybe that's just me. Or maybe you want to eat so many mini rolls that you put on two stone in six weeks, or maybe that was just me in 2016. But whatever you do, you need to get some vitamins somehow as well. So eat some soup. Like, it's way easier to swallow than a roast dinner uh, when you can't stop crying and you're just having difficulty, like, keeping the tears out of your throat. Um... The heartbreak diet is like a good one for losing weight and maybe you want to cultivate like a revenge body like a Kardashian. But to be honest, the best revenge is being an emotionally stable, happy and healthy person and eating what you want for a couple of weeks isn't going to kill you. So listen to your body and see what your body fancies for dinner and cook it and eat as much of it as you can and you're going to thank yourself in the long run. Is not only are you nourishing your body and mind with some good food, but you're also practicing a good level of self-care and you're showing yourself that you matter enough to feed and look after. And don't gloss over what you're going through right now. I think even if a relationship has been really short, mine was just only six months this last one but it just still meant a lot to me it was still a really amazing experience so I'm gonna feel sad about it it doesn't matter how short it was it doesn't matter how long it was you just have to understand that whatever you're feeling is valid and it needs to be honored somehow and that it's okay to feel heartbroken and take time off if you need to like I think we tend to diminish our feelings and think that when it comes to breakups we should just be tough and strong and just get on with it and get over it and get back with our lives already but like all the evidence suggests and the way that I always feel and all the research I've done it all suggests that you're going through emotional and physical shit right now and so it's okay if you can't concentrate at work or you're having a hard time bouncing back like you know it's okay to feel shit I always end up taking time off work after a breakup like either I take annual leave because I've got some left or you know I just get sick like it just happens we've already seen it's because of my immune system being so low but basically yeah I'll just feel ill after I've been hurt. That's just what happens. 
Um, and I just find it easier to deal with my emotions if I give myself time to process them at home in the comfort of like my bed where I can just cry as much as I want rather than going to work and getting super stressed out because I'm doing a shit job and I'm not concentrating and I have to like run to the loo every five minutes just to cry loads Um, and hopefully you have a compassionate employer like I do because they're really nice to me Um, but if you don't just take a sick day and say that like you have the shits because no one's going to want you to come in if they think you're going to give the office norovirus just call them and be like oh hi I've been up all night (laughs) and then yeah people will understand Or, or take some holiday if you've got some but while you're off work do some nice things for yourself um this most recent time like I had the weekend to kind of try and get over it before I went back to work on the Monday but Sunday night I was just like there's no way I can handle this tomorrow so I texted my manager and I was like I've got some time that I can take off like you know I'm just going through some things I feel I think I said I felt like a wet lettuce um and so I really can't come to work tomorrow and he was just like yeah that's fine because he's nice um and then so the next day I went to central London and I bought loads of clothes I didn't need and I got a facial and a massage and I ate like some really expensive cake and I bought some runes and then I went home and I just went back to bed and back to the crying and the next day I felt kind of all right and I went to work just feeling a hell of a lot more calm And maybe you're not like me and you'd prefer to be at work and doing normal things. But if that's the case, please make sure you schedule in like regular crying sessions throughout your day because you can't hold all of that emotion in. Just like schedule it into your calendar and go and find a meeting room somewhere or the break room or a toilet and just sit there and have a bit of a cry. Otherwise, you're just going to bottle it all up and it's going to come out on the train home or it's going to come out in your evening and you're going to feel awful. So yeah, make sure you're getting enough crying into your work day. So that's the first few days, and you're going to be feeling emotionally and physically fucked up, and that's normal and okay, and you're going to want to cry all the time, and that's okay, and you're going to want to either eat loads or eat nothing at all and that's okay and whatever you're feeling is okay so just please feel it all in as healthy and responsible way as you can let it all out don't distract yourself feel the pain ride it out and know that it's all just temporary and you're doing so freaking great you're going to be okay everything is going to work out for you i really believe in you (laughs) And thank you for listening and for working through this with me. I really appreciate you. And if you've enjoyed it, then feel free to subscribe and leave me a little review. In the next episode, we're going to look at how to emotionally withdraw yourself from your ex and accept the breakup, which sounds really fun, doesn't it? So I'll see you in episode two. Bye.